0: So maybe I'm reading it wrong. Maybe I'm taking it the wrong way. But dear Lord, does Jim Ursay hate Carson Wentz's guts? And if he could call him four-letter words, it seems to me like he would. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. Tony Katz, great to be with you. Tony Katz today. JMV joins us right now from 93.5, 107.5, the fan, 3 to 6 p.m., the sports guru. And the story comes out, uh, Jim Irsay talking to Zach Kiefer of The Athletic saying, I wish Carson well, the former quarterback for the Colts. I think he has a great chance to go into a different environment and play great in Washington. It's just for us, it was something we had to move away from as a franchise. It was very obvious. And he goes so far as to say he had heard from some veteran players, and if I was reading between the the lines, what he heard from these veteran players is, this guy sucks, get this cancer out of our locker room. That's what yeah, Jim Ursay t- yeah, is tony, saying, tony, true yeah, or false? Goes,
1: hey, yeah, hey, Tony, this goes back to the conversation we've had many times. Um, I had said that the decision to move on from Wentz was made on the plane coming back from Jacksonville, but in fact, in Ursay's mind, it was probably made even before that. Now, it could have cushioned a blow had they made the postseason and maybe done something in the postseason, but all that did was solidify the fact that in Ursay's mind, he was not going to be the guy. And let me remind everybody, if you have heard Tony and I talking about this in the past, I had Jim Mercy on my show back in April of a year ago, and he went in-depth about how Frank and Chris, to a lesser degree, but certainly Frank Reich, had to convince him that Wentz was right for this team, to convince him to part with what ultimately turned out to be a number one and a number three draft selection to bring in Carson Wentz. He had to be convinced. And part of this, I think, Tony, is he was embarrassed by it all. He was embarrassed by it all and thought, all right, I had to be convinced that this clearly wasn't the right guy. Jim Merce was pretty angry about it. There's no question about that. And as they move forward with Matt Ryan now, and you look in the rear view, there was no way in the world that Carson Wentz was going to get two years as the Colts quarterback here.
0: Carson is not the scapegoat, Ursay said. It simply didn't work out for us and what we are trying to accomplish. I mean, he's a good man, a good father, and a guy who put a lot of effort into the year and worked really hard and wanted to have success. But still, he was a cancer and a pariah,
1: and damn that Frank Reich to hell for bringing him to to Indianapolis. (laughs) Let me tell you this. It's a good thing you have honest folks like us uh, around here because here's why he cannot completely be the scapegoat is because we all know. We all know around here what else what else led to the demise of this team this past year. We all know what they have accomplished in the, the Ballard and the Reich era so far with one playoff win. We all know the shortcomings of this team. So while Wentz was not going to be the answer and clearly was never going to be the answer to the owner, and I guess a lot of folks inside that locker room, We all know the other situations that are going on. There's shortcomings, wide receiver, at tight end. They don't have a left tackle. They haven't been able to rush the quarterback. You know, you got a a situation in the secondary. Now you're going to have to go out and get somebody else. There are a lot of shortcomings on this team while we all sit around Tony and watch all these other AFC teams seemingly get a lot better, including one just right next door, the state of Ohio in Cincinnati. Different circumstances, but we all see it. So a complete scapegoat of Carson Wentz, you don't get that around here because we all are privy, we all know exactly what's going on, and it all wasn't his fault.
0: But that's not the story. I don't disagree with you about anything you just said, J.M.V., the issue here is that Jim Irsay is still talking. This is over. You picked up Matty Ice. You're moving on. We know you need a left tackle. We know you need some, some wide receivers. You're already doing some pickups on defense. We get this. Why is he still talking? And my only the only thing I can come to is this guy is more pissed than we know, and it's starting to look a little petty.
1: Tony, right on target right there. More pissed than we know. And he wanted to let a lot of that out. And you can tell with that particular article and, and really meeting with the media out in Palm Beach yesterday, you could tell that he wanted to get that out. He, he, what, what he wants is he wants to say, listen, I am trying my damnedest to put this team in a position. I have a general manager and I have a head coach that's supposed to do that. But, you know, ultimately I was talked into this Wednesday thing and it didn't work. He was really embarrassed at the way that season ended. And he's really embarrassed, I think, for a lot of the season, even the start of the season as well. But at the end of the season, he was really embarrassed. So I think you're right. Uh, The Pettiness, we can go there too. But I think there was a lot of pent-up frustration that came out yesterday. And, hey, you know what? I'm going to finally clear the air here. I'm going to tell you exactly what I thought about this quarterback situation. And it's a fine line, Tony, because while he's doing that, he also has to make sure the Colts fans are readily aware that he is still on the same page with Chris Ballard, still on the same page with Frank Reich, because I think a lot of us right now are caught wondering exactly if these are the right guys for the job because it has taken so long. They have one playoff win. If you look at them in the hierarchy of the AFC, it doesn't look like that they're going to be there. Go out and win your division and hope you get into the postseason is kind of what the mantra should be, I guess, going into this year. But that was a frustrated owner that wanted to let some things out. And if you want to call it petty, I'd be right there with you as well. But I thought uh, it was more frustration than it was anything else. This article, these
0: these conversations, the guy is one step away from going full Will Smith.
1: <laughs> no, no. Listen, he hadn't been able to say anything, and you can tell the dude wanted to say something. I, I agree. Hey, listen, I can agree wholeheartedly with you, Tony. Move on, because you've got again, you've got wide receivers, you've got tight, you got all this left tackle, all these things that need to be addressed, and I don't know how Tony they're going to be able to address them. So I would agree with you. Move on. But sometimes we're both dudes too, right? Sometimes if I guess the, the, the storyline or the narrative, if you will, is a little bit different out there, and you want to get it out there. You could tell he just wanted to get it out yesterday. And I can I'll appreciate wanting wants, to get you're it right. out, man. You're right. As a whole, he's got to move on.
0: I can appreciate wanting to get it out. There's a reason I do six hours of radio a, a, a day. <laughs> but if, if, if you tell me that he's on the same page, As as Chris Ballard and Frank Reich, I'll tell you that Chris Ballard and Frank Reich have to be believing at this stage of the game, they have got a year to make something happen or they won't be here.
1: Let me tell you this too. I I think I think Ballard will. I think Reich is the one that's going to be I don't think these guys are gonna be tied together at the hip here. I think Reich is the one I think that is on deck of being on that hot seat and, you know, getting bounced if they have a really down season or a disappointing season. And I think what else Jim Mercer is doing, or at least did yesterday, Tony, was he does, he feels the pulse of the frustration going on around here. I know he listens. Um, I know that he reads, he watches things of that nature. So he, he feels that. And I think he also wanted to present himself as, hey, I get your frustration, and this is what I'm trying to do about it while keeping everybody in tune with you know, we believe in, in Reich and Ballard. But, no, Reich is going to be the first one. Ballard won't be the first one. Ballard's got a little bit of more cushion, I think, in if this team is disappointing than Reich does at this present time.
0: Is this a lot of making sure the fans know that
1: he's, he's with them? Is, is this yeah.
0: a, a fan play?
1: Yeah. No, no, you're absolutely right, Tony. It is. That's, it is. I mean, he, 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 uh, to me, he sounded like a fan. Yesterday. That kind of sounded like a disgruntled fan, you know, calling my show or somebody just calling your show and just kind of letting it out a little bit, right? Letting it out. And, you know, this is my truth and I'm going to tell it. So, yeah, I think he is trying to make a connection with his level of frustration equating to the level of frustration with the fans out there. Whether or not that hit the mark, I don't know. But there is no doubt that that's a part of it.
0: Now, let's get into this story of Matt Ryan as he comes over. Uh, from Atlanta. Give me uh, the plus and minuses and what this team needs to do and put around him in order for
1: him to be successful. Well, the plus is he's not, I guess, Carson Wentz, right? We'll start right there. I mean, his name's not Carson Wentz. So there's a plus. Um, he has been a good quarterback in the past. I asked him last week when he was on my show, I said, all right, I know your big numbers past, you know, five years ago, you put up mammoth numbers. Where do you feel you are compared to that player right now? And everybody's going to tell you, Hey, I think I can recapture that. I can get those numbers. The problem is going to be here. Tony is he going to have the support group because Carson Wentz didn't have it. With all due respect, he didn't have it. Phillip Rivers really didn't have it. They have Jonathan Taylor, they have Michael Pittman Jr., and they have this so-called offensive line that's supposed to be a difference maker, and it wasn't any good a year ago. It was much better when Phillip Rivers was the quarterback and he got the ball out early. And they haven't addressed that. That's the problem I'm going to find, because I think what you're going to have, Tony, this year is you're going to have the same old issues that you saw a year ago without the root of the problem just being Carson Wentz, I believe that Matt Ryan still has a good year or so in him. I just don't know he's going to have a productive year or so in him with the skill set that is around him because teams are going to load the box and they're going to load up on the handoff of of Jonathan Taylor. The one thing you got to figure out, right, you got to figure out how to bring some more talent in and we'll see if they end up doing that. But the Rubik's Cube of this offense is Naheem Hines. You've got to figure out that. You've got to unlock him because last year he was either on the sideline or he was out there. He wasn't really getting looked at. He was much better against Phillip Rivers. So that's something you can do. Slide him into the slot. Utilize him as a wide receiver. I've been an advocate of that for the past six months or so, and they really haven't done it. We'll see if they think about doing that. That is one thing on your team that you can do with personnel that you presently have. But the other thing is you've got to bring in your quarterback better weapons they don't have it they didn't have it a year ago and that is going to show even if matt ryan is a much better decision maker than carson wentz
0: was are there any weapons that they could still go out and get one of the things jim said is that you know we don't have all the cap space in in the world getting matt ryan uh getting rid of Wentz certainly opened it up getting matt ryan closes some of of that up some of the other things that that are done is there anybody out there you could go get
1: I mean, this guy like Jarvis Landry last check, I think, was still out there. He's in the neighborhood of a 30-year-old wide receiver that dealt with injuries a year ago. It's probably not going to to float anybody's boat around here. But the problem that you have is you don't have a lot that will. And part of the issue is, and they they said that again yesterday, I think it was Frank Reich that said, hey, I really like who we have at wide receiver. They say that every year. And Tony, ultimately, they have an issue with who they have. It causes a problem. There's a mid-season issue of non-production or non-availability. So they probably are crossing their fingers to see if Paris Campbell can stay healthy longer than five minutes, right, to see if somebody else might be able to step up, if you can get a little bit more out of Ashton and Now, you can reach out and get somebody. There's no question about it, like uh, Landry, you know, who's a free agent right now. But I, I don't know if that is going to be the answer. But I think guys like that are a much better answer than what they presently have. We'll just see if they have any interest because Chris Ballard has shown in the past he has zero. So you might be looking at what we're all looking at as far as wide receivers going into the the spring and the summer and then preparation for the start of the NFL season in 2022. This might be it
0: that's jmv and 93.5 and 107.5 the fan 3 to 6 p.m i appreciate you taking the time man always do
1: more to get to keep it right here i'm tony Katz.